Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Wow, I faded that really fast. And welcome to another Song Inside, where we interview songwriters and composers about the songs which bring us from darkness to light. And speaking of light, Deepali and Ami, it's Falu. Hi, Falu. Hey, Deidre. My Deepali, how are you? My Ami. We gave each other those names a long time. Actually, you probably gave us those names because I didn't know what they meant at the time. <laughs> Deepali is light. 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 You are the light of my life. Oh. And Ami is friend? Yes. Friend, right. Well, welcome. Thank you for coming to the show today. I know you're busy since you won your Grammy. Da, 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 da. I wish I had a special sound effect for winning a Grammy. <laughs> da, 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 Falu Grammy. Um, so I can now say Grammy Award winner. Falu. That's so exciting. You're probably overtired of talking about it, but I have to know anyway. Does it feel different winning a Grammy now? I've always dreamed of holding that in my hand, you know? I will be honest. It does. It does. It gives you this um, breather. You know, like we keep running, running, running and just just doing what we have to do as mothers, as wives, as, you know, whatever we do. But when something like this happens, you kind of take a seat for five minutes yeah. and just and you just look at what just happened. And <clears throat> there is a beautiful feeling that it you it it happens to you like oh my god this really happened wow i'm so grateful i'm so thankful and i am so i want to thank everybody who actually made this possible because you know this type of events don't happen just by your own effort that never is true it's a combination of starting from my parents to my teachers, music teachers, to my friends, to the community, to the musicians I worked with, to everyone who supported and believed in that journey. So it's not just my Grammy. It, this Grammy is for each one of them who have been such an integral part, including you, <laughs> to shine, to grow, to learn. Mm-hmm. And you just feel thankful and grateful. Yeah. And there's this gratitude that comes out to to tell everyone that you know I could not have done this without you. That is very generous. Have you seen the movie Mean Girls? No. I just saw it's a great movie and I just saw the musical with my girls. But there's a part at the end spoiler alert where she gets homecoming queen and she takes off the tiara and she breaks it into little pieces and she like tosses them out and shares it with everyone. And I know you can't do that with your Grammy, but that felt really nice just to hear you sort of spiritually and symbolically saying, you know, this came from a group effort. At the same time, the Grammy, of course, wouldn't exist without your music and without you. 
and believing in yourself. And if you're anything like me and most of the people I interview, there's so many days where, like you were saying, it's just you work and you go and you do the next thing and you work and you go and then you'll play a gig and then that'll get you through for like a month. Or you'll, you know, do a tour or something or make a record. But there's a, a lot of other days where we just sit around and I wonder if anyone is even seeing what we're doing. So I can imagine that it must be really nice to get this outward affirmation of what you've been working on for how many years now? A long time. Yeah, I mean, I started singing when I was three. And I'm not going to disclose my age, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's been quite a journey. Right. And, and I should mention, people probably can tell, but you're from India. And tell me a little bit about that about just when you came here and all that kind of thing, just real quickly. From, from India? Yeah, and the uh, U.S., and how often yeah. do you go back? I know you've gone back to study with people. Yeah, no, I I, I know I was a complete FOB. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. What that means is fresh of boat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like America was a different planet because I didn't grow up anything to do with um, Western civilization or culture. I grew up very traditionally in a very conservative family, you know, and we were not even allowed to leave our houses after 7 p.m. because girls are very protected back then. Now everything is different. But my father was strict and, you know, there was discipline in the house. There were time frames. We had to do it. And, you know, coming here was complete freedom. There was no father to tell me, you, you can't go out at 7 o'clock, right? And, and I was young. I was very, very young when I came here in my 21 or something. And at 21, what do you really know? Right. I mean, you just barely getting a hold of your own. You're just trying to know yourself, let alone learn a different culture, learn different music, how the cultures work, how the musicians talk to each other. Like here, there was, was a funny thing. They would say, um, oh, he's bad. Right. Like when, when we say somebody is good, jazz musicians often would might say, oh, he's a bad. He's just mm. a bad, cat. bad, bad, bad cat. cat. Yeah, he's such a bad right? cat. He kills. He kills. He killed it. And <laughs> when I was first in my first years, when somebody would say, you're a badass. And I would say, oh, my God. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> when did he see my ass? You know, like. <laughs> And it was such a different concept mm-hmm. that somebody would call bad to good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because in India I would say you're so good. And here it's opposite. So those culture shocks start there. It's a lifestyle shock. It's, you know, being newly married shock and, you know, learning a lot of things, not just musically, but, you know, practically in one's life. Right. And we know each other because we worked together at Carnegie Hall and have for a long time. And we just got to do it again, like last week or the week before. It was so nice to see you and play with you again. Um, but because we're on a limited time schedule today, I want to jump right into the music. So I've picked a couple of your songs that are some of my favorites. And we're going to listen to them together and then we'll talk about them. So first, um, I picked Gumar from Forest Road. Am I saying that right? That's correct. Forest okay. Road. Um, actually, before we play this, tell me a little bit about this song. I love it so much. So Gumar is about, you know, is the Indian bat mitzvah. 
you know, when the girl becomes 13, she becomes a young woman. And a girl entering womanhood is very celebrated in India and in Rajasthan, especially where the song is from, that state. And it celebrates that now you are a woman, you can procreate and you can give life. And how beautiful is that part of that goddess in you? Mm. So it's power. It's Shakti. Shakti means power. It's um, courage. It's blessings. It's honor. It's dignity. And it's a validation that you mean something and we love you. Oh, I love that. I wish there was a comparison here. Because so often my daughter just turned 13 and most people are not talking about any of that or even acknowledging the fact that she's becoming a woman. And if they are, sometimes it's around the the shame of it, you know. So I'm going to play her this song later. Okay, so let's listen to Gumar. Hang on, I'm going to start that again because my cat meowed. Wait, uh, Deirdre, you don't have to play it, right? You can record it later or you're going to play the whole thing? That's three minutes. It's three minutes, 45 seconds. Okay. Okay. Play. I want to listen to it with you. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Less talking, but more music. Okay. One second. But you can do, you know, whatever. But I just, I like sitting here in the moment. Bye. 
Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we listened to that together. Um, it just has the best energy. And now I know the reasoning behind why. Um, so did you say that's a familiar melody? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a very popular, very folk. And, you know, almost every, every Indian knows this. Right. How many? It's, it's, I feel it's like. What, it's very festive. You know, yeah. So I know growing up for me, there were a lot of songs that I knew. I mean, but they're more like, they're not as deep as this one. It's like ABCs or Twinkle Twinkle. Um, and where you're from, are there a lot of these kinds of melodies that everyone knows? Yeah, yeah, there are. So for every occasion, there's a song. So music in India is a way of life. Right. Mm. If you there's a, if there is a birth, there's a song. If there is a death, there's a song. Marriage song, engagement mm. song, girl becoming woman song, <laughs> meeting a boy song, falling in love song. You know, everything is celebrated through music, dance and spices. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> I love that. <laughs> we are very a colorful culture and we flavorful and colorful, I would say. Yeah. Uh, for every occasion, there's a different dish that we would eat, mm. you know, like the desserts and, you know, and entrees that you eat during certain festivals and you mix during certain mm. days. So, I mean, it, it, it's so old. The culture is so old that these traditions have been passed on to us from generations. And we absolutely love to pass it on to the next one, next generation, because it it has so much meaning, so yeah. much more meaning than just doing a birthday party for us. <laughs> Even that for that, we have a song, you know. Right. Um, music doesn't escape your skin. It's there, mm. you know. Yeah, it's not so separate. No. I think that ties in really nicely with what we do with Lullaby because we're trying to help moms connect with their babies or their children. And because it's not so normalized here to just sing to do that a lot of people come to it with a lot of um trepidation saying oh i don't know but if you just make it it your life is a song you hanging out with your baby is a song i mean how many lullabies have we written that are just we're swinging on the swings we're brushing our teeth we're going to bed and around my house everything is always a song too and sometimes my friends will say, why are you always singing? And I say, because, I mean, I don't understand when people aren't always singing. <laughs> um, and I, I'm a little envious in a way that you got to grow up in a culture that it just wasn't even separate at all. Yeah, I, I feel totally blessed and lucky and fortunate that for us, life is a celebration. Mm-hmm. And even death is a celebration. As it should somebody be. Passing on, <clears throat> somebody passing on to the other world. It's it, it, because there is a concept of rebirth, right? The soul comes back, you know, 84,000 times before it takes birth as a human life. So the, this concept keeps us celebrating even death and death and, you know, life after life. Mm-hmm. And we just look at, I think it, we, we are taught to look at everything in a positive way. Yeah. One thing I like to do when I'm playing music and listening with people here is try to think of the musical elements that I could apply to my own songwriting. And I know yeah. we talked about this once when you came over and we were talking about Hindi indie. Like you were going to do, like apply some of these 
more traditional elements to your own songwriting. And I even just like a casual listen makes me think there are so many things I could try in my music that is prevalent here. Like even just these stop times of one or two measures. I don't usually think to do that in the middle of a song. Just stop and then restart. And then maybe when you restart, it's a double time feel or, or something. Um, what yeah. are some of the musical elements that you have applied to your own songwriting, do you think? Yeah, the high is a big thing that we do, you know. So we do this rhythmic phrase that repeats three times. So for us, it's the philosophy of life and cycle of life. So you keep getting one life, two life, third life. And then back to the life, you know. Mm. So downbeat has a big, big significance in our culture. Downbeat. You will see if you're listening to an Indian classical music uh, concert, everybody when they when they everybody will clap a big clap on the downbeat because it's kind of the release mm. or the rebirth. Right. So people people come together and the downbeat holds a special place in our hearts and in, in, in this kind of music. And it also brings people together. It unites, right? I love the idea it, that the downbeat unites people. <laughs> yeah, I love downbeat, that. Everybody comes and boom. Like it's a, yeah. oh, what a release, you know. I remember I saw um, Joe Lovano, the great saxophone player, giving a workshop one time. And he was talking about improvising. And he was inviting people to – so he started with subdividing, actually. Sometimes you start big and then you subdivide. But he started with subdividing the beat. So everybody could hear it. And then he would lose the subdivision. So maybe he would start with 16th notes, then he would move to eighth notes. Then he would move to quarter notes. Then he would move to, let's say if it was in three, like a dotted half note. And then he started thinking of these bigger beats so that we were all feeling this bigger beat together. And I had never thought about music in that way of a collective feeling a bigger beat like that, especially just in improvisation. And um, so that makes a lot of sense to me that people would be coming together on the downbeat. It almost, it's very hypnotic. It is. It is. And trans, it's trancy. Kind yeah. Of going and then you, but the thing is you come back on that downbeat and everyone comes back. Yeah. Like, like the big bang happened and the world just was formed. <laughs> sort of that concept. Like, yeah. Whoa, the downbeat happened. The big bang <laughs> is here. All right. Woo. So the bug- they're going to create this universe again. So cycle of life. Right. So how is – I'm just wondering about our lullaby work together because you were like me. We came in early to the lullaby project. We might have even been on the first – at Sienna House, like one of the first projects together. And it was such a learning curve to try to figure out how are all these disparate songwriters going to come together. And at that time, I think it was maybe like a five-hour session and I think there were there were a lot of people. There were a lot of participants that particular time. And so we all have to bring what we can to the table from our own background and then co-write with someone else very quickly and get the essence of what they're writing. Um, so tell me a couple of things you've learned from Lullaby over the years project. Oh, my God. I can't I, – I will be very honest with you. There is so much that I've learned from Lullaby. You know, this uh, this – this thing that started as a, you know, a community thing has now exploded in 65 countries. And in my own artistry, in my own musical journey, 
I have learned so much from that bond that music creates between a mother and a child, even when we go to Rikers and when those women have absolutely no way of, of really seeing their child again once they are gone to the families, this lullaby is the only thing that the child actually takes. And I think the, my motherhood changed because of the lullaby work that we did at the prisons. The way I look at my child, the way I hope and dream for him has changed. Mm. And every minute that I spend with him is a blessing to me because I don't take it lightly. I have seen those women, you know, anxious about losing their children mm-hmm. to, the, to the foster home or other parent or grandparent in that way. And so it, it taught me how to value my own time, my own love, and my own bond with my kid. I mean, what else can be of that magnitude that makes you a better mother? Right. Definitely. And I remember going to Rikers, too, and just being able to immediately see this person who everyone else has labeled as an other, as a mother, I am a mother. You are a mother. We both want the same things, which is we just want the best for our children. We want their lives to be better than our lives. We would give them anything. And I always feel so honored when I go there because just the vulnerability and the honesty with which they speak about their children and the love and the hope, you know, it's really, really inspiring. I wanted to play a lullaby off of Falou's Bazaar, actually, Nishad's Lullaby. So tell me about this song. So <clears throat> this, was a, this was a lullaby that I grew up listening from my mom. And my mother grew up listening to her mom. And my grandmother grew up listening to her mother. Uh... So there is five generations of lullaby that has passed on to my son, um, And I wanted to record it in my mother's voice because I know that in this day and age with digital digital recordings, these recordings will stay. My mom didn't have a way to record her grandmother because, you know, there was no tape machine then. But we have it. So this five-generation lullaby in my language, Gujarati, that has passed on to me is now sung by my son. Uh So I feel like this tradition that I've given him, even if it's just a lullaby, mm-hmm. but the voice that's passed on, the, the message, the love, and the blessings that he has gotten from all five of his ancestors. Mm-hmm. Which kid is that fortunate to learn what his great-great-great-great-grandmother was singing, right? Yeah. And technology gave us this advantage of recording my mother and, and that generation so why and this is this was my whole hope that as Nishad, my son, grows up and learns Indian classical music, there is one song that he can fall back and say, "That's my great 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 grandmother's song." Mm. And when he gives that history, that piece of history to his children, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping they pass it on to them, yeah. you know, their their future generations. So Indian classical music historically has passed from generation to generation. He will be the 12th if he continues to grow and learn. And even if he doesn't grow and learn, 
he has something to latch onto mm-hmm. and that sense of belonging and roots i think is so needed in this day and age when our kids are all in ipads and yeah basically you know sometimes lost absolutely that's beautifully said let's listen to nishan's lullaby
feels so beautiful, Falu. When my mom sings this, even now, you know, Nishad just, he just stays calm. There's this power in the voice mm. of, of your grandmother or your great-grandmother that it soothes you in such beautiful ways and peaceful ways that he actually really falls asleep. It soothes me. She's not even my grandmother or my mother. But <laughs> just something about the her voice makes me feel very safe. Yes. And and I think I think that my mother was also a singer, right? So she's she learned classical music. She also used to perform. But I think in her music I see her life. The essence of everything that she has learned and given as a mother. When we give, right, we get this, gra- this, this beautiful feeling of, I gave something to my child. And I find that vulnerability in my mother's voice and that longing. Mm. Basically, it trenches your heart with warmth and love. Mm. And it breaks your heart as well when she sings that, I'm giving you my life. Now you move on and you give it to your child. Right? Wow. So that kind of... Uh, Passing of love, mm-hmm. you know, the, the lamp that we carry as moms. Yes. You cared for me, now I'm going to care for you and you care mm-hmm. for your own child, right? So that passing of that lamp is so, it's vulnerable and it's uh, powerful, right? Because powerful. only moms have this capacity of loving a baby to this magnitude. Right. right? They say so, the baby is the heart walking outside of your body. It's your heart living yeah um what are some of the other words in the lullaby oh it's uh, this is um my beautiful baby go to sleep um i know you want to play i know you want to um you know like go go places but right now it's time to sleep in my arms with my love Mm -hmm. in my sorry you know like indian mothers Mm -hmm. wear sorry so she's like i'm gonna wrap you in my sorry and give you a hug and make you feel secure so my beautiful baby go to sleep. That's beautiful. I also I I love listening to this with you because I met you through Lullaby. Mm. And it being mothers doing the Lullaby project, working with mothers. It's so easy sometimes when we encounter new moms and when we were new moms ourselves to think I'm not doing enough or this lullaby isn't enough. You know, we hear people say all the time, I can't sing or I can't write. But that song right there just shows that it it the mother and the grandmother and the, all of these mothers' voices are what matters. It's It's sort of less about how trained you are or about this amazing image in the lyrics or, or anything like that. It can be just be so simple. And so beautiful. And it's this legacy gift that you give to your baby. Like Nishad's going to have that forever. Having those vibrations from our ancestors are just ripples. You never know how far out they go. That's so well said, Deirdre. I never even thought of that. But now I'm going to steal that line from you. Oh, do it. Saying that having that vibrations are like ripples and you never know how far they're going to go. That's a song line, by the way. Mm. Um, I was going to play another up-tempo song, but I, I kind of just want to stay in this mood for a minute because it's 
feeling very healing for me today. I, I also love it's making me think about something, which is what you were saying about the digital era and technology has given us these gifts. I think that's so true. Because for so many generations, melodies were passed down orally in the oral tradition. And now we get to give access to all of these, you know, everything that comes up, we can have access to. Sometimes I feel like we have access to too many things. But <laughs> I think when a child listens to the mother's voice in, in the womb, in the womb, that is the first exposure to sound mm-hmm. for them. So that is the divine sound that they will never forget. Ah, that's uh, they made it. They, the woman made her or him. Yeah. And what an incredible gift we have as women to procreate, to give birth, to make a baby. I mean, it's insane. Did you ever th- think when you were growing that baby inside you how insane, how crazy it is? Like, I am growing a being in my own body. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> And it's so spiritual at the same time, wild and spiritual and divine. I felt mm. it was like somebody is, I am giving birth to a life. Mm. And we sometimes take life so granted, right? You know, people die, you know, they get shot, you know, they get in the subways, they fall and they die. But that was somebody's child. Right? Yes. And also it's it's important for me to remember because I have two moms. I have a birth mother and an adoptive mother. And it's been amazing to meet my birth mother and think that for all that time I was growing inside of her belly and she was a singer. So she was singing. She sent me a photo of her like doing a gig. And just to think that even though at the time she couldn't take care of me, she had to let someone else raise me. For that whole nine months, I was hearing her voice and hearing her music. Um, But it's also – it's been important for me to also acknowledge how sad and and traumatized I was when I lost that, when I was taken away. Because I think somehow I was always searching for that voice again. So it's been amazing to find it again and to find her. And I've been thinking about it would be nice to get the two of us singing together on a recording. I think you should totally do it yeah. because that's your source. Right. That's your DNA. Right? Exactly. And if you can have that opportunity to sing with her and leave something for your kid. That's, uh, hear, that's yeah. That is the most precious gift I think you would, you would give them. Yeah. And it feels so important to be passing this message along to all these, the young moms out there whose society is told, this is all your fault. You know, how dare you? And they're ostracized and they, they can't go back to school and to help them see like this, you're choosing to, and I'm, I'm a full advocate for choice. I think a woman should be able to choose, but they're choosing the woman that we see to have this baby and it's beautiful and they can bond with it just by making a melody. It sounds yeah. so simple, but it's really, really profound. And powerful. And powerful. And it gets really complicated uh, just thinking about all the different situations we're in and and my adoptive mom and she sang to me. And I feel kind of 
it's sad in some ways, and also I feel so lucky in other ways because, in a way, very different than yours, but still, in a way, I was surrounded by music my whole life. Mm. Because the, it's it's in your DNA. That's what you yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. That's what you grew up in. Nine months of format of becoming Deirdre. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. I just think the voice is, as you said, it's divine. And especially the divine feminine. I love thinking about those images of the divine feminine. You know, I grew up in a religion where it was very male dominated. The, Mm. you know, God is a man and he's fierce and he has a temper. And my own father growing up had a temper and was the head of the household. And a lot of us grew up that way, but... But they're also goddesses. Yeah, we grew up in a goddess worshiping culture, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, Saraswati is the goddess of knowledge. Lakshmi is goddess of wealth. Durga is goddess of courage and you know power. So, whatever we want to become, we look at that goddess. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if today I want to see uh, learn music. I will look at goddess Saraswati. Mm-hmm. Today I want to make some money. I will look at goddess Lakshmi. So we had women role models in our religion and culture to grow up with, right? Right. It was not always a men or a male dominating God. There is male God and there is female God. Right. Where you are in your life, you go to those gods and goddesses and you have your cradle Mm. with them and your security with them in that form. Right. I love having options. It's nice. You have a lot of options. There are Not so just many. The, just the one all-powerful being. It's like, I think today I need, like, I'm thinking about nature. It's like, who can I talk to that's a nature personality? <laughs> that would be God Indra. God Indra. Indra. He, he, Indra is the rain god. Mm. Sun. Then we have sun god. Then we right. have uh, a wind god. And we, there are various, basically, it, it, we, we worship nature mm-hmm. because there was no science back then, right? Yeah. So 5,000 years ago, we, we would just think the rain is God. Today, rain God came down. It's interesting. As you were talking, I just kind of glanced down at my notes and I, I had written down, you know, winning a Grammy is a group effort. And what we're talking about makes me think of the interconnectedness of all things and, and in all beings, just as you know, the culmination of an album or a project or a song is a group effort. Having all of these ancestors' voices coming through for this lullaby, it's like reaching out to all this connection around us, connecting with nature. I think it's so easy in this society that's so individualistic mm-hmm. to forget that we actually are all connected to our past to our future, to each other, to the earth. And that reminders of that, I would think maybe would make people more kind to each other. Yes, because everybody contributes in their own way. Mm -hmm. And without that particular contribution, the world would not have been this. Yeah. So gratitude and respect, mutual respect and mutual thankfulness to each other is something we human beings can remind ourselves daily, then wars would not happen. Right. Um, I do. I am going to play an up-tempo one because I was just thinking about how in the tradition of the music that you sing and you write, 
there was a lot of, I mean, and anytime we're playing with other musicians, there's obviously group participation and connectedness, but there's group singing. There's call and response. There's, it just feels like the entire community is involved having a party. So tell me about Tararum Pum Pum. Tararum Pum Pum. Yay. I want to play that to end. That was the, the song that I was singing for Nishad when he was learning how to cross the New York street, right? Because <laughs> in, 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 you know, in suburbs, they drive everywhere. But yeah. in our, our city life, we have to teach our kids when to cross and when to stop, mm-hmm. right? To follow the signal lights. And it was so boring to tell him that, okay, cross when it's green and wait, stop when it's red. <laughs> I decided to make a song. And I mean, I'm crazy. I'm kind of crazy that way. Like I put melody on anything that I see, like a vegetable or. That's or great. That's what we're talking about. That's what we like. We like everything is music. Mm-hmm. Everything can be musical. And we, this melody just came out. Let's go to park. Like it was just yeah. fun going to park, crossing the street when he was two, three years old, very young. <laughs> And that became a part of my opening song for my album. <laughs> Love it. Falu's Bazaar. Um, and you're doing family concerts and stuff. I'm going to link to all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so we'll listen to this and then I'm going to come back and, and say goodbye to you. But I also love that we're ending on a song that is actually about lights because we started talking about Dipali. Now we're talking about crossing at the red, you know, the green light and the red light and I kind of love how this has all come full, full circle. Um, I really want to go get a coffee and a tea with you and, and write some more music. Me too. So we'll Me do too. that. But for now, we're, we're going to cross the street here safely. Tararum pum pum.
I'm gonna be singing that all day. Da da dum bum bum. That's so catchy. Uh, it's also like it's just that people need to get motivated in the morning. I think that is a great song. Like green means <laughs> go. To, I, green means go. I used to work out on it, and and you know my husband is like, you work you're working out on red and green. I'm like, so <laughs> <laughs> when you run on the street, you have to look at the red and green, right? When you jog, so yes, mind as well do it virtually. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to listen to this tomorrow morning and see if it can get me. It's like green means go. Maybe it'll like shoot me up out of bed instead of today when I slept through my alarm. Um, Falu, thank you so much for giving so generously of your time today and for talking oh. with me. I We had, could talk about many more things, but this was really, really fun. Talk about thank lullabies and light. Lullabies and light. And we'll make, we'll make more of them. And congratulations again on your Grammy, all your success. Thank you so much. And for everyone else, you know, you can find me at thesonginside.me. I'll be here every Monday and we'll see you next Monday. Remember, there's a song inside everyone, including you. <laughs>